Hey, this is Mo Maduro with the Life Expansion After 50 podcast. Today we're talking about the spiritual area. And just a quick recap, the way I have the graphic set up is the mental, physical, and spirituals on the left side. The middle is emotions because that's the gateway over to the right side, which is where the things that we want are located, relationships, professional, and financial. People may talk about as health, wealth, and happiness, health, wealth, love, and relationships, and of course, I know the health may look like it's on the physical side, but because it's a, an interdependent, intertwined system, when you take care of the left side, it works across the board. So we'll talk about that some, probably more in the emotional side. On the spiritual area, we're not talking about religion. Uh, I'm not pushing any one type of thing or saying it. I'm not making a statement about religion or that kind of spirituality, I will make a point that there are quite a few people more and more saying that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. We hear more and more talking about the collective consciousness, and I think it's worth paying attention to some of that. But regardless of where you come down on this topic, the point is, you know who you are, you know what right and wrong is for you. And the question is, do you hold yourself accountable to do right and not wrong? I think it can be as simple as that. When we talk about consciousness, and that's a big part of this spiritual area in this context, consciousness is one of those things that's not easily defined. You can look it up and see paragraphs and long narratives on the topic, because how do you explain it? The way I explain it for this purposes, for the seven fitness areas, which is a focus on let's control the things that we can control and then allow ourselves to design a life that we want to live and then live that life. And what you want on the right side is a metric, so to speak, as to how well you're doing the left side in the middle. I talk about consciousness as aware that we are aware. There's a great tool called the Wheel of Awareness. I'll put the link in the notes. And it's a guided exercise. Close your eyes, you're relaxed, but you're very much aware of what's going on. You experience this awareness. And I like that explanation that you're aware that you're aware because we can be aware that we're not doing what we said we would do. We can be aware that what we're doing is counter to where we want to go, but yet we keep doing it anyway. And we can even have this awareness that we're aware that we're not doing what we should be doing, and then we're aware that we're not doing something about it, and we're aware that it's what we've done before, and we're aware that we're not going to like the outcome, but it doesn't change what we're doing. Being aware that we are aware is a way to think about the consciousness, and here's why I'm talking about that, because I talk about the powerful present moment, and the powerful present moment is where we get to decide. If we're, where we get to decide and start designing our life, I talk about you know, we're awake 60 to 65,000 seconds. And if we can string more and more seconds together where we are treating those moments as powerful present moments, we're going to get closer to the life that we want to design. Again, the 95% of the time, if our unconscious is running the show, what difference would it make? What's the, what's, how much of a difference can we make in our lives if we can move that 5% of the conscious up to 10%? That's doubling the amount of time that the conscious is in charge. And it's actually more than that because we're being conscious about our consciousness, if that makes sense. It's back to the awareness of aware, right? We're being conscious of our consciousness and making and doing things with intention. I really want you to lean into the spiritual area, whatever it means for you, in terms of following your higher self. If you have questions about right and wrong, or you want to look at another, cut the deck or look at another opinion, I'm telling you, I think it, without pushing a particular narrative, 
I think Proverbs is a great place to start. Just read through the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. You can do one a day, and for half the month, that's going to be the full month. But when you read through that, and it talks about business, it talks about relationships, it even talks about marriage. It's a good framework of right and wrong. I can't come up with something that's better than that. Whether or not you believe in anything, it's a good place to start to just bounce what you think is right and wrong up against that and get another opinion doing it that way. So the other thing I'll talk about in the spiritual area, this is a a big part of being able to control our emotions, is getting some space between our conscious and our unconscious. And that's more than just thinking about, let me pause for a second and a half to three seconds before I respond. I'm talking about how we are actually aware when it's an unconscious response versus a conscious response and making sure that those areas where we want to be using a conscious response, we're not just using a conscious response, but we're doing it with some intention. I'll just talk about it from a relationship standpoint. Working with people, you've, we've all been there where you're talking to somebody and you can tell that maybe it's you. You can tell that they're listening to respond. They're not really listening to listen. They've already decided they're going to respond. Other times you might be talking to somebody and as soon as you make a suggestion of something, they immediately say, no, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't work for me. They're reacting. Now, clearly you can see that's coming out of the unconscious. And just again, to frame it up a little bit, their conscious mind has a reaction time of two to seven tenths of a second, roughly. The unconscious and brain can process at 11 million bits per second. The conscious mind processes at 50 bits per second. So you do the math. Two tenths of a second in, the conscious mind is processed a few bits per second, but the unconscious has already gotten two million bits head start on the conscious mind, which is why that triggering happens. Look at social media. Somebody could make a comment and somebody's right on the keyboard or, or instantly responding. And not only are they responding, they're responding by attacking the person's character. They don't even know them. But because they disagree, all of a sudden this person is stupid, they're not worth anything, and all these other adjectives that they'll throw in there, and it's a reaction. Obviously, they don't know the person, so it can't be true. I also think when you look at influencers, talk to influencers, and they all talk about the haters. It's, it's really amazing how much vitriol goes on in those comment sections and even the DMs. If you look at the behavior of a hater, it's often that something that the person did, the influencer in this case, did or said that triggers a reaction. It's not even necessarily having to do with that creator or influencer. It has to do with their own internal issue that they've not resolved, and it triggers it. And that triggered response comes at as an attack. When you really get how much of our conditioning is from zero to seven, you can see how this can easily happen just by how parents are treating the children. It's not just parents. I know for us exes and boomers, a lot of our time was outside, for many of us, not all. But if you lived in the city, you probably spent a lot of time outside. So we're getting a lot of our conditioning from people in the neighborhood, which is probably worse in a lot of cases. And so we get these triggered, these, these responses, and it's very difficult to help a person overcome that because it's triggered. And it's, it's, it's almost like if you're working with somebody who has a phobia, and they've got a phobia of spiders. The moment you mention spiders, what's going to happen is they go into high gear, high alert, hyper aware, and you actually become part of the spider problem. Because if you're trying to convince them that spiders are okay, you just became part of the problem because their unconscious has, has the association that spiders are life-threatening. They're one of the worst things possible. And here you are telling them to take a second look. 
they're not interested. And that's why there's a process for curing phobias. And it's very effective because it takes the unconscious out of, out of play. And what's nice is that that process actually works in a lot of areas. So I've used it to be able to create that, what I call that buffer, to move the unconscious out of the way a little bit and have the conscious mind front and center, at least to decide. Because the conscious mind can relate the unrelated. The conscious mind can look into the field of possibilities and design that life that you want. The unconscious can't do that. The unconscious is associations. And those associations are from the past or they're learned. And so it's re repeating the familiar. It's repeating the yesterdays. And you can't, you can't design a life that you're going to love by looking in the rearview mirror. It takes the conscious mind to look into the future and make those decisions because the conscious can actually weigh and prioritize and set hierarchies. The unconscious can't do that. The unconscious, again, it's looking at the familiar. It's running associations. It's not allowing you to have that present powerful moment because it's contaminating your thought with anxiety about the future, regrets of the past, fears of the past, present, and or future. So we've got to get that unconscious backed up a little bit. And this is what I talk about when I say crossing the river. It's getting to the point where the conscious mind is back in control and it's letting the unconscious work for it, serve it. And we call that the automaticity. The other thing I'll say about the unconscious is that it doesn't, and I talk about it like it's a, a being, but the unconscious, the way it's programmed, it doesn't care about the outcome. It doesn't care if the action it's getting you to do serves you or not. This is why we can see ourselves doing the same repeated behavior over and over and over, even though we don't want the result it leads to, but it's almost like we're going along for the ride. We are. We're going along for the ride. The unconscious is doing it, and it's so strong. But we can stop it. We can intervene. When we recognize that we are not the unconscious, we are the conscious mind and our higher self, and the unconscious is something that is to serve us not that we serve it. So I'll leave it there with the spiritual. We'll get into the emotional part and continue this conversation about how intertwined our systems are. We'll see you next time. <laughs>